Hey, what's up, family? My name is Josh, and I'm with my brother Jeff, and welcome to the Way Out Podcast, where it's our goal to help you find the way out through the way, the truth, and the life, who is Jesus Christ. And so we're excited to be here once again this week to serve you all. And um, come on in. For those who's watching live, uh, thank you so much for watching. Those who's watching later, um, come on uh, come on in, like, comment, share, enjoy, engage, um, get your Bibles ready, get your pens ready. Just enjoy this time where both of us can uh, be able to serve you. And we thank you for your receptive hearts and your support. For those who's watching live, come on in, share all that good stuff. But Jeff, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good, man. I'm excited for uh, our podcast tonight. I think we have uh, some awesome things to discuss. And, uh, you know, like you, you've you said, uh, we do something very unique on this podcast that you really can't get anywhere else. And so... Um, it's uh, awesome opportunity, but yeah, man, I'm excited, and uh, I'm looking forward to the warmer weather. We got a brief little hint of it the other day. It was like 77 yeah. degrees. I was like, Lord, let it stay. Don't take it away. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. Well, it was crazy, man. It was like 70 degrees and like 80 percent humidity during the day. Yeah, the, the humidity part is the worst part. I think humidity is the worst part of weather. It's yeah. an invisible blanket. It just because yep. I'm a sweater, I sweat. Yep. So it's it's the w- worst time of the year. So I've been uh, increasing my hydration, but it was beautiful the other day, and then today it got cold. So I'm like, man, it yep. just came in and went. That's how I felt. It did today, and it's funny that you mentioned that about the humidity because you know, um, well, those of you that don't know, I used to live in Charlotte um, when I was a teenager, and I or I would go down and visit my dad down there. And uh, man, one thing I, you know, coming from Pennsylvania down to Charlotte. One thing that was always different was this. In Pennsylvania, I always had a hoodie on or a sweatshirt at nighttime Mm -hmm. in the summertime. When I went down to North Carolina, we would wait till it was nighttime to play basketball outside because it was too hot to play during the day because it was so hot. And at nighttime, it was humid, uh, but there was no sun out, so you you could at least uh, handle it a little bit. You could at least handle it. It's just annoying when I I sleep, man. But, But either way, I'm excited about spring. Um, I'm excited about summer. I'm excited about, um, you know, just just uh, better weather, but I'm not ready for summer. I can tell you that right now. I'm not ready. I'm not anticipating. <laughs> and uh, I will be inside most of the summer. Yeah, but, I, yeah but, I think that's how it is. So we're inside most of the summer, too. But with a wife, that's just, you know, no promises can be kept to stay. Well, and our boys. I mean, oh, it yeah. amazes me. They're, they're so light in the wintertime. They go out they go out in the summertime. They're like completely different people because they just live outside. And yeah. the, hot, the sun is so hot here. You know, uh, it's like Kenny. You know how he, how he was. And then he goes out in the sun. He looks like a different person, you know, when yeah. he's out there. But that's how you, our boys look like. They're, I don't even I was looking at pictures of them from last summer. I was like, my goodness, y'all had a great tan. I wish I could get that. Stuff. Man, I, they, can, they, they can have all that. But it's interesting as kids, we was outside for long periods of time. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, but I remember when I was a kid, seasons were distinct. Like, like mm-hmm. we had, we had a fall. We had a full, we had a full fall, a full winter, full spring, full summer. Now it's just like the weather is just different. Um, where it's just like, or maybe it was like that when we was kids, but we didn't recognize it. But I remember, you know, snow every year. I remember actual full spring where I'm now it's like you get two weeks of spring, then you got a full summer and you got two weeks yeah. of fall and a full winter versus yeah. each of them getting their distinct, you know, time. But but either yeah, way, I got you. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, it's some, it's uh, it's winter, and then Fourth of July, and then it's winter again. That, that that's yeah, the joke that's that they have on. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But, yeah. 
Well, man, I'm glad you're doing all right, man. We're going to get right into, um, what do we call this segment again? It was uh, uh, the Day in the Life of the Family, man. Yeah. And by the way, how have you been? I forgot to ask you, how have you been this week? Man, been good. I can't believe it's Wednesday. Well, not today, Tuesday, but Wednesday's tomorrow. Um, Working at a school, my days go by extremely fast. Yes. Working for a school is probably the best occupation outside of entrepreneurial endeavors, right? Because you get you get so many breaks, but the day goes by fast. So I counsel kids. Um, I'm a Bible teacher and I do counseling for kids. And it's, the appointments are full now. A lot of the young people are going through so much, man. So it's yeah. exciting to be um, that, that individual that can help them during this journey. But it's yeah. interesting how our young people, man, are um, going through so much. And it, and, it, and it really, what it does for me, Jeff, it really shows me um, or it's giving me, how can I put it? It's, it's really having me think about how I plan to father. Yeah. Because a lot of these kids, yeah, yeah, it gives you a different perspective. A lot of these kids, I don't want to be a parent that's present, but not present or a right. parent that gives presence, but not present as a gift right. in of himself. And I think right. a lot of these parents mean well, but they're not tending well, like right. they mean well, but, but, but it's like, man, you have children, so you understand it. But actually, serving children is kind of giving me some level of parenting. I have multiple kids that they, they say I'm their father figure, and it kind of. And I've just been working here since September. <laughs> but but what I'm realizing is, I will scale my life back to where my family feels fully supported. Right. Um, but but yeah, I love my job, man. It's just interesting um, what these children are facing. Um, especially, but, but that, but about with all that being said, man, man, yeah, everything's well, uh, work has been full, um, marriage we'll, we'll has been full. We'll have to do a subject on that sometime about parenting. I think that's a good subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think, yeah, I think as a matter of fact, if y'all want to see that, put it in the comment section that you want us to do something, uh, to do with parenting and we'll, we'll do that on a future podcast. Yeah. And, and definitely comment below if you're watching, um, anything that you feel, Hey, I need, um, um, this topic discussed thoroughly. Um, yes. I, I need information mm -hmm. about that because you have two men of God who are submitted to God, vessels that are familiar with the Holy Spirit using them. And, and this is a great resource for you. And I think this, like Jeff was saying, this is a very unique podcast. This podcast mm -hmm. gives you an opportunity um, to, to really um, engage with seasoned spirit-led saints who, who can really structure um, answers and structure, um, you know, all that good stuff where you can better understand and really grow into things of God. But, but yeah, so comment below, let us know. But today we're going to be following, this is part three, I think, Jeff, of yep. uh, um, Love Languages. Uh, we did um, an overview for the first one last week. We did um, uh, uh, Words of Affirmation. Last words week. of Affirmation. And this week, we're going to be talking about acts of service and acts of service. Jeff, well, you know, there's acts of service was 37% of my love language. It was my dominant love language followed closely by quality time. So acts of service for me was 37% mm -hmm. and quality time was 30%. Words of affirmation was 23%. Receiving gifts, 7%. I rather, I think I, I love service than I do gifts. Gifts don't mean yeah. anything. S serving breakfast, serving food is is a, is is a primary love language. Of mine. <laughs> but anyway, so acts of service. Um, I guess from taking a test, Jeff, I, I realized that acts of service. I didn't realize it and how thorough 
not thorough, but how layered acts of service was. I thought acts of service was just someone doing something for you. But what I, what I did realize in some of the questions that I think leaned more towards acts of service is serving with. Right. Not, o- not only just serving me, but serving with. And and one thing that I enjoy with me and my wife is when we when we collaborate, when we serve together. What I mean by that, the books that God has placed in our hearts, when we really, it, that's just, I think that's acts of service too. Is not only just being served, but serving with, but yeah. but acts of service. I think is a is a very important um, love language because the Bible talks about that is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But you have to be in tune with the individual to know how to serve them. Um, and I think this is what the journey of love languages has done for me in saying it don't matter how much I serve, make sure that I serve specifically. But acts of service for those who want to know is uh, being a servant, um, um, positioning yourself self, a selfless servant where you're serving solely to give, not with the intent to receive. Uh, examples are doing dishes, making dinner, mowing the lawn, getting the tires changed, doing laundry, um, being in, taking initiative. Um, acts of service is is uh, well received by someone you love when it is uh, uh, connected to one's identity, but with in, not intuition, but with in, with initiative. Like you know exactly the load that your wife may have, the load that your husband may be carrying, and you act in serving that will make them feel not only loved but liberated, <coughs> and 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 having loads lifted off them. And I think the more we <coughs> You know, really take our time to say, okay, how can I serve my wife today? How can I serve my husband today? How can I serve my children? How can I serve my community? How can I serve my church? How can I serve? Because every component of life needs some level of acts of service. And it and it and it. Bo- I remember when my pastor usually or periodically says, "Thank you all for holding up my arms." Yeah. Right. Even serving your church is beneficial. It's like, how can I help my local church be the local church? And so acts of service is very, very important. And even if it's not your dominant love language, right? I I think when we, I think Jeff, when we begin to develop and grow our relationship with God with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. We he begins to show us ways we can serve. Acts of yes. service towards a stranger, acts mm-hmm. of service in the grocery store, acts yeah. of service, just, just being a servant. And being a, a, I don't like the word seeking, but anything was seeking, seeking friend. But but you you're you're open to serving, and I think many people want to be served versus being open to serve. But that's yeah. just my two dollars and seventy eight cents on acts of service, and we can definitely collaborate on this topic, Jeff. What do you think, bro? Uh, yeah. Well, I thought about remember when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. It, uh, serving requires humility. Yeah, it does. And when you're willing to humble yourself, that stands out to the people that you're serving. Yes. You know, the world always has a string attached. They always have a string attached, always. Uh, but when, but as Christians, we cut that rope. And when we do that, they can't fathom, they can't comprehend why we're doing what we're doing. Now, we're talking about in the form of spouse, but then, like as he said, there's also servant evangelism. You know, where yeah. you go mow somebody's lawn or, or you br- go help an elderly lady. Uh, you know, Ezzy and I, we love that scripture in James one twenty seven. Pure religion 
is to take care of the widow and the orphan and to keep oneself untouched from the world. Well, one of the ways you can help a, a widow is, you know, going to get her groceries because she's older, you know, to help her out and all that kind of stuff. You know, I just think it's so important that, uh, like I said about Jesus washing the disciples' feet, hmm. that was an act of service. And whenever you're doing that, it's going to require humility. So I say that from the perspective of, you know, um, if you're a husband and you're like, well, I go to work all day. I don't need to do anything when I get home. Well, that's not true. If your wife's love language is acts of service, there's no reason why you can't pitch in with the kids. Maybe you help give the baby a bath. May, mm -hmm. uh, make sure you're mowing the lawn, uh, taking out the trash. Maybe you maybe you rub your, your wife's feet to, to help her out because she's had, had a tough day. Uh, same thing for you women. You know, maybe your husband... Uh, is is negative around you and, and and they seem like you can never get through to them i'm telling you if you start to serve them humbly without expecting anything back you know when you start to do the things that you know that they care about you open up a door of access mm. to be able to love them and and whenever you do that it's a love that they can receive and so jesus can slide in there and, and really begin to work on their heart so don't don't discredit this love language because it requires you to be humble. Um, you know, just, just, just uh, um, you know, doing the laundry, uh, um, doing the dishes, helping with dinner, you know, things like that. Anything that you can think to do that you think would help your spouse if that's their love language. I mean, you should be doing that, period. But I'm saying if you can put on the extra, if you know that that's their love language and really help them out, you know, as he always mentions, you know, he loves when Brittany cooks him a good meal, right? And so it makes you feel special whenever whenever she does that, right? So if she all of a sudden stopped doing that, you would think something was wrong, wouldn't you? You know, and so so maybe you start to do those things that you know would be pleasing to your spouse and, and love them in a way that they need to be loved. So, yeah, I think that's really good, Ezra. And it's very essential that, that we – create a culture in our lives where we can serve. What I mean by that is allowing our lives to be a culture of peace, peacemakers, right? Um, yeah. It's hard to act. It's hard to serve when we're cluttered. It's hard to serve when we're restless. And I think when we're at rest, we're able to reach out through service. And the beautiful thing about there's some scriptures I saw here about acts of service. And one of them was, um, is this it right here? Um, Galatians 5 13 for you were called to freedom brothers mm -hmm. only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another that's right great. as believers we are free we are called to freedom we were freed for freedom so that we could be freed um, um to be able to serve but oftentimes in Christianity um babes or non-converts that are in the body whatever you want to call it um yeah. they they look at freedom as i'm free to be served versus i'm free to serve like like mm -hmm. like the bible that talks about not all things that are um, beneficial or what's what not everything that's permissible or lawful is beneficial yeah. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we're like, oh, I'm free in Christ. Let me do all the things that I want to do in life. God will forgive me or the, his grace is sufficient. All these different things versus I'm freed to be freed up to serve my brother, my sister, right. my mother, my wife, my husband. And and when we have that mindset, we uh, we deliver a, a certain level of kindness. Like the word of God says that heaps a coal of fire on people's heads. 
so that we're able to renew their mind so that they too can be more freed up. And that's why believers are supposed to cause residual effects where when I'm freed to serve, I should inspire somebody that's like, you know what? That's how a man of God is supposed to be. That's how a woman of God is supposed to be. So that when they go home, they can better serve their wife, serve their children, serve their community, et cetera. But well, we're, go ahead, Jeff, go ahead, bro. Oh, no, sorry. No, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go no, ahead. that was it, bro. That was it. I was just going to say to piggyback on that, Matthew 20, 28 says, just mm -hmm. as the son of man did not come to be served, yeah. but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Wow. Yeah. We're called to be like Jesus and Jesus was a servant. You know, I know that like, as he was saying, you know, it, it seems like in a lot of churches today, you feel like, you know, Christianity is there just to serve you because we have this idea that Christianity is about success, but it's not, it's about sacrifice. That's right. Because we're, we're supposed to be like Jesus Christ and he sacrificed and gave up everything. You look at Paul and we'll kind of get into that later. And Peter, they give up everything to follow Christ. Uh, and, 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 and to be fishers of men. So, yeah, I think that's really good. I'm glad you brought up that scripture. And I think Matthew 20, 28 echoes exactly what uh, 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 that scripture is saying in Galatians. I think he said 5.13. So. Yeah. So today, man, as we all rest this evening, before we lay down, let's just say, God, show me who I can serve tomorrow. Yes. And if acts of service is your dominant love language, even if you're not around anyone to show that kind of love for you, yeah. embrace the act of service that Christ did for you, yeah. that he laid his life down for you so that you can be freed to serve. And I think we, we lose sight of that picture of Jesus, man, of how humble he was, how, you know, and why. And, and most people, when they say um, the, the end points, the nerve endings are at our feet. So if one touches the feet, it touches the whole body, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but he stooped down saying, I'm going to wash their feet. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And in his serving, he set us free. Right. And I think for those who are like, but Josh, you know, what about those who don't have anyone to love them? Don't worry about who's physically not there to love you. Receive the love language that Christ did because he did all five. All five love languages is rooted in God. He right. served. He touched us. What's the other ones? He um the words of affirmation. He words, encourages. He is encouraged. So, so he's the one that no matter where you're lacking, there's a channel, a a, a, a flow of his love towards you. Right. Amen. So we got some uh, people comment here. Shannon Craig says, "Hey, Coach and Jeff, what's going on, Shannon? How you? I hope you're doing well." Hey, Shannon. China Miller says, "My love language acts of service." Yeah, right. that's, I didn't. I didn't realize that was my dominant one, but I love when I my did, wife. I, I called it out. You so. did call it out. You did call it. I, I think for me, that. I thought <laughs> acts of service was like kind of like uh, but I, I I like when I think my 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 dominant side of acts of service is serving with, and maybe that's because I like to serve. Yeah. But but it is a, it is a great feeling when my wife serves, um, for sure. Chelsea yeah. says, "I am watching. Yes, please do a video podcast about parenting, about older children, tweens and teens, and how to bring them to Jesus in today's push to be more worldly." Thank you. You're so welcome. We'll we'll definitely you know see what the Holy Spirit when He wants to. We definitely will do it. We uh, but we know He'll um He'll let us know when. Natalie gave us a super chat. Thank you so much, Natalie. We appreciate you yeah. for giving. <laughs> And, and and seeing this is a good place to uh, to give, Coach Josh, you reached out earlier 
uh, end times, Christ's second coming. I guess that she would want us to talk about, you know, end times. Second coming okay. is in the in the times we are living in now. It seems like the best time, but no one talks about it. Perspective on it as a parent, spouse, and a Christian in general. Great. Okay. Great topic. We could definitely cover that. That would definitely give us some time to process that because we want to make sure because some points like these, we can come off the cuff. We can come off the dome, but we want to take this into our little cubicles with our with our with our word and and really process the Holy Spirit, because this is very this is very important. And it might take a few weeks for us, maybe a couple of weeks or so to break this down so that we can really develop the right perspective, how we can navigate as Christians, generals in general. <laughs> and how we could operate as soldiers in this world. That's right. Yeah. Nally, uh, I hope I don't want to jack up the name. My husband has acts of service and I always struggle to understand. <laughs> gotcha. Ask him. Ask him how he likes to be served. And my best. Well, yeah, exactly. Whatever makes him excited or makes him feel loved. If you do something and, and, and it seems like he's nicer after you do that, that's it. That's it. Start doing that. Oh man, pancakes, breakfast for me. Oh man, I'm all, when my wife when my wife gets in there and she does anything with pancakes with it. My wife makes the best pancakes. You see what I'm saying? So so breakfast is like my best format. We're gonna talk about that later on today. But breakfast is like my top delivery. My top acts of service for my wife is breakfast. Not just <laughs> dinner. She's great, but breakfast. Oh man, any time of the day, anytime. This is so worth investing. Thank you, Coach Josh and Pastor Jeff. You're so welcome. Welcome. Totally understand. Uh, Look forward to it. You said it right. Okay, never mind. Uh, Zach says, thanks, Josh and Jeff. Tips on discerning our plans versus God plans. We'll definitely work on that topic, too. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let's get into it, Jeff. Um, I'll pull the scripture up. Yep. So today we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 5. And as he and I talked about this, this is a a passage of scripture. We're just going to be reading verses 1 through 11 that he and I are both passionate about. And uh, we're kind of just going to tag team, but I'm going to read through it, share some notes, and I want to get, Ezzy, I want to get your perspective because I was reading this again tonight, and it was just, um, uh, there's a lot going on, yeah. and, and I kind of yeah. put it into a different perspective that I'll bring out here in a minute, but let's just get right into it. So verse one says, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. Man, that's powerful right there. We won't get yeah. into that. But, uh, man, I, I thought about, you know, they barely even have a piece of paper on scripture in China. And we're over here with six Bibles and we, we can't even open up our Bible, but we're, that's we're not another even, And it's sad that we're not pressing. Yes. And that's man. But anyway, um, uh, so anyway, so that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them uh, and were washing their nets. And remember back then they're using nets to gather the fishing, right? So then he got into one of the boats and I want you to pay attention to this verse. I'm going to come back to it in a minute as you have a, a unique perspective on this, but um, which was Simon's, you know, Peter, and asked him, because this is prior to him converting, uh, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes uh, from the boat. So he's asking to use Peter's boat, push it out so that the people can see him, because obviously there's a large crowd, right? So when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Hmm. Excuse me. Uh, uh, and we'll get into that. But uh, see, I see the preacher man coming out uh, as he's <laughs> exactly. I'm going to let you. Let you let but you, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now, I want you to hear what Peter's not saying, because remember, Peter's background is that he's a fisherman. 
He knows what he's doing, okay? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. We'll get into that. He said, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus, you know, I'll pause on that because, Ezzy, just before I forget, because I'm not going to come back to that part. But who is in your boat uh, uh, matters. Uh, who you partner with matters. I'll just say that. That's right. Uh, because, because if you're not partnering with the right people, it can go good or bad. But anyway, uh, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will mm -hmm. catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all, they forsook all and followed him. And, you know, so as he back in verse three, yeah. and I, I got a few points I'll bring up, but I want you to tag team. Okay. Uh, Peter made his, his boat available to be used. And I was thinking tonight, I was like, man, our lives are like that boat. You know, Jesus comes along and says, let me use your vessel and everything you have been trying to do in your own strength will be infused with my power. And the things that you used to struggle with, you know, you kept trying and trying to do better and be better. And all of a sudden, Jesus, you know, comes along with a power you didn't have before. And you were able to do all of a sudden what you could not could not previously do, right? And uh, in so so all of a sudden it's like the atmosphere is right and things start to come together for Peter in that moment, um, because he allows Jesus to completely take over. You know, yeah. prior to that they had been going all all night, and you saw in verse five because Peter is hesitant, yeah, because he knows his profession. Um, I mean, he knows what he's doing, right? He's a fisherman by trade. So he knows that they've been going all night, but he also knows that he was unsuccessful. And so, you know, I just thought about, I was like, man, every time you try to do something in your own strength and your own power, it may take you a little bit down the road, but eventually it's not going to work out because there's still a void on the inside that has to be filled by only Jesus Christ. And it's like Peter was standing on, on everything that he had done, everything that he had learned since he was a boy. And yet in this moment, he's unsuccessful in his trade. Hmm. And Jesus comes along and says, give me, give me yourself. I do it my way. I know that my way doesn't make sense. I know it goes against what you've been taught all your life. I know that it doesn't rely on your strength, but on your obedience to me. Yeah. And it's like, Peter's like, but you don't understand my strength is what has gotten me to every place that I am right now. That's why I have two boats. That's why I have business partners because I've been doing this my whole life. My father trained me to do this. Mm -hmm. And you're coming along and telling me to do exactly what I know you should not do because we've already done everything that we've known to do. And God's like, I'm not interested in your knowledge or your strength or everything you've been standing on. I'm interested in you being obedient to my word and being used by me. For my glory. And, you know, I thought about, and as I want to hear what you have to say, because I, I also thought about Paul, who was a, a, an intellectual giant, 
Yeah. And over in Philippians, I think chapter three, he says, you know, everything that I had, what what I what was gained to me, I count as a loss. His knowledge, everything for the excellency of Christ. Mm. Being everything I stood on stood on uh that, that that meant something to me that was a position of strength, I have lost for the sake of Christ, and it and and and, and I would do it again because my strength wasn't enough. There came yeah. a void in my life where it wasn't enough. And Peter's like getting to that point. He's like, it's not enough. Everything I'm trying, it's not working. Everything everyone else is trying is not working. And Jesus is like, I don't want you to fight from a position of strength. I want you to humble yourself and be weak in me and allow me to be strong in you. Hmm. And so th those were the things that I was kind of thinking of, um, you know, about Peter, because it really stood out to me how he, he really, um, you know, if you take that boat, like like how I was comparing where it's like your life, right? It's like we try to do everything in our own power. And eventually it's not going to be enough. And you're going to have to decide, am I going to be obedient to Jesus? Or am I going to stand on, on what I've been standing on, on my own strength? On, on, on You know, and I think about religious people as he of uh, toiling and trying to do better and be better. And they keep going through a cycle. But they never yield. They're never obedient. Yeah. So, yeah. What I'm interested. What do What do you think about that so far? Man, bro, this this verse is so dense, man. I wrote some mm. notes down, but yeah. it's very it's very important, man, that we understand um, we as vessels and how submitted and humble we must be. I'm gonna kind of go through some of these verses and kind of get to where God showed me just yeah. now. And um, but it says so. It was as the multitude pressed about him. To hear the word. I love that, man. We can yeah. stop right there and talk about 46 days on that and how it's yeah. important to press. Now, notice who was pressing. Just notice who's pressing and we'll get back to them. That he stood by the lake of uh, Gennesaret, right? And saw two boats standing by the <laughs> lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's and asked him to put, a, put out a little from the land, a little out from the land. And he sat down and taught the motus from the boat. Now, the cool, the crazy thing about it is we don't know how talk, to teach someone takes time. Right. So so God, there may be a season before <laughs> fishing where Christ might, may use your life as a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. Right. And so many times, many people want success early. They want success mm -hmm. immediately. Jesus, the blessing didn't come before he used the boat or while he was using the boat, it came after he used the boat. Right. And that goes into acts of service. Like God will utilize your vessel. Vessel is another word for boat. He will utilize you and utilize maybe your wilderness, different seasons as a teaching moment with the people that's around. The multitude followed Jesus. That's why I love about ministry is that there's no pressure for me to get people. He right. said, if I be lifted up, he'll draw the man, right? And so while Jesus drew the first catch, when he drew the first catch, God utilized Thomas' boat as an opportunity to reach those that were around, that followed right. Jesus to their life, utilize their boat as a vessel. Let's keep going. And I asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the motus from the boat. When he has stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nest for a catch. Now, here's some points here. I have this point. Jesus showed him how to use his boat to catch. Mm -hmm. Jesus showed him first. I'm utilizing your boat. Y'all washing y'all nets. 
Washing your nets was at the end of fishing. They were pretty right. much done, right? So he right. was saying, while you're done doing things in your own strength, right. let me show you what goes beyond your strength, mm -hmm. utilizing your boat, which is your life, your talents, your gifts, your all the things that uh, occupies you as a vessel, right. utilizing that to reach the people that I drew to your business, to your creativity, to your ministry, so I can show you how to catch. The second point is um, Jesus knew his profession more than him. Let's keep going. Yeah. When he had stood speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Jesus knew, knew fishing more than Simon. But what I loved about this, Jeff, he says, launch out into the deep. You can't catch fish in shallow waters. All right. The deeper I go to God, the greater the catch. That's right. Mm, that's good. Many, many believers love the shallow waters, but right. in order for us to catch, and I tell people, man, and we've said this in previous podcasts, man, that treasure, deep. that treasure don't float. Yep. Treasure's in the deep. So he said, hey, man, Simon, I'm done teaching the people. I don't know how long it takes to wash nets, but I'm pretty sure it takes a lot. Right. He done taught the multitudes. He showed them how to fish. He said, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Verse mm -hmm. five, but Simon answered and said to him, Master. The thing is, you notice he didn't say Lord. He said, Master. Mm -hmm. There was no conversion yet. We'll get that's That's another time for another day. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I love when there's semicolons, colons, or commas, because there's the honesty. God doesn't mind uh, the difference between John the Baptist's dad becoming mute versus Mary's questioning of the angel is different. It was a level of mockery. It was a level of disbelief. Mary was just asking a genuine question. So here, God doesn't mind that when we approach him saying, God, I've been serving many years for you, man. But nevertheless, <laughs> right. We not God is not looking for perfect response. He's looking for perfect posture. Right. He don't mind you saying, God, man, I tried this before. Mm -hmm. We've toiled all night. We've toiled in the season, right? Mm -hmm. And caught nothing. They so you mean to tell me they was washing nets and caught nothing? Maybe that was a high prayer, but maybe they caught something, but it was nothing in comparison right. to make yeah. profit. Nevertheless, <laughs> at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their mm -hmm. net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in, their, in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Man, imagine you toiled all night. This man uses your boat and you bless beyond measure. It's crazy how the goodness of God draws us to repentance, Jeff. Yeah. When we are undeserving, right. when we've toiled all night and caught nothing, mm -hmm. and at the timing of God, at the releasing of our nets in God, mm -hmm. blessings came. But go ahead, Jeff. I know you. I know you're bubbling as well. Oh no, I, I'm just going to point out about back, back in verse four when you said launch out into the deep. I remembered yeah. something that was really good. The point that you brought out because I remembered something the Lord showed me. Uh, many years ago, he showed me that when you're in shallow water, you can still see. But the deeper you go, the darker it gets, the less you can see. 
Mm. And he said, and he said, the deeper you go in Christ, the less you can see. But so it's because it's the more that you have to depend on me. Meaning if, if when you're a shallow Christian, mm. you can see everything that's going on. You can really depend on yourself because you don't need any help. Don't need any help. But as you go deeper and it gets darker, the less you can see, the darker you go, the more you have to rely on Jesus Christ. And so it's like, he's like, Hey, Peter, you're over here in the shallow water where you're able to do everything yourself and where, where everything's working okay for you. But I want you to trust me because I'm going to ask you to do something that does not make sense. And mm. I need you to close your eyes because it, you won't be able to comprehend it. But if you can get into the deep where it's dark and you stop looking and paying attention to your senses, and start paying attention to who I am. I'm going to do a miracle in your life that defies uh, nature. It defies uh, uh, the natural ability, right? Because this is a supernatural miracle. Uh, it was not natural. And so the deeper he went, the more he had to rely on Christ. Mm. Remember, he's still in the shallow water whenever he says, Lord, we've we've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. He's still in the shallow water. But as soon as he says, nevertheless, that's yeah. when he goes deep and says, okay, I can't see how this thing that you promised me is going to come to pass. I don't know how it's going to do it because I've tried every which way but loose to try to bring it to pass. God, I've prayed. I've done everything I can think to do. I, I've thrown money at it. I, I, I've thrown mm. people at it. I've tried my best. I've met with people to, to do the best that I can to push this thing, to get it to come to pass. You know, we talked about kids earlier. Lord, I've had the pastor talk to them. I've had, I, I, I've sent them to this youth conference. I've done this. I've done this. And none of it is working. And Jesus comes back and says, I, how about you try me? Hmm. I want you to go deeper so that you stop looking at all the things you can see. Because when you can see, you tend to want to be in control. And you want to, to do it on your own strength and in your own power and based off of what you think should happen. Instead, go deeper, and I want you to get rid of all that, and I just want you to be obedient to me. And so he does that with his nevertheless. He goes from shallow water to deep water because he goes from trusting in his own abilities to a trusting in who Jesus is at his word. Amen? That's powerful, man. And one thing that I got from that was realizing that he told them to go away from the multitude, go deeper. Oftentimes our greatest catches comes where there's no one watching, but they will see the result of your deep. You see what I'm saying? And I think sometimes we get so caught up on, on producing, um, toiling all night because these were businessmen. These were individuals that had to make a living. You see, they, they didn't make a living. They became, they made a life. You see yes. what I'm saying? Like when they realize that all I got to do is trust God with my boat, trust God with my business, trust God with my family, <clears throat> trust him. And the thing is, you will toil all night if you try to do it in your own strength. You will. Like, like <clears throat> we're supposed to be, we're supposed to do things by the spirit, not by sweat. Right. That's why with God, there's no sweat. Now, don't get me wrong. There's work. It's a metaphor. Yeah. But there is no uh, over um, pressing of myself. Um, over uh, over exuding myself to where uh, to where I I I over exert myself. Sorrow and anxiety. Yes, exactly. Like yeah. like I know for a fact that uh, the greatest blessings in my life was when he at his moment said, "Go launch." Yes. 
People are launching before he says. People are doing things, and they're they're when Peter said, "We've toiled all night and caught nothing." Best believe, if they're washing their nets, they caught something. But that's a business term of, uh, we caught nothing. We made just a few dollars. You know, we caught a few fish, but we caught nothing. We ain't really catch what we used to catch, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing about it is, God will always exceed uh, um, exceed the strength of your net. Right. Like, like, like God wants to show that I'm more than enough. And your, your nets, you think is strong. But when I get you out in a deep and I tell you to launch and there's a catch, you're going to see that what I have for you is going to be as cause you to stress. That's what the Bible talks about. Don't pour new wine into old wineskins. So what he's mm-hmm. saying is exactly. when you yep. make sure your nets are strong. Don't just go out there and make nets that's in accordance in accordance to what you've caught previously. Make your net strong enough to work for the big catch. But you have to understand that 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 schools of fish are in the deep. Anything that you want in life in regards towards uh, um, setting you up for success, helping you in the success of ministry, marriage and money or whatever, it's the deeper you go to God. That's why I love this, this, this thing that God showed me. He says, tell my people I'm greater than Google. Tell them that Google is limited in capacity because Google can't search me. Google can't search me, but my spirit searches the deep things of God. He's saying, man, it doesn't matter what information you lack. Trust my spirit that it will go to the deepest part of me and get every information that you need for your success. That's why, man, it's better uh, uh, um, to say, God, whatever you need for me to do. Bro. Listen, when Jesus gets a hold of your life, your old lifestyle will not be able to contain what he brings into it. That means that like whenever that's why you have you've got to lose your old friends. Some family members are going to walk away from you because the way that you used to live can't function in the way that he has called you to live today. When Jesus comes into your life, everything changes. And and, and like as he said, that old, old wineskin, it can't contain new wine. Because that old wineskin is meant for old friends and for old old, old acquaintances and, and old, old ways that we used to do things and old strengths. And all of those are out the window whenever Jesus comes in and inserts him into this situation. And that's why their nets couldn't handle it anymore because he was showing them something new. That they, <clears throat> the, and that, that's what it happens whenever you come to Christ. So whenever if the boat is your life and you give it to him to be used as a vessel. He comes in and he fills it, fills it to a capacity that mm. it cannot withstand anymore. Meaning, you've got to change in order to handle the 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 blessing and and the calling that he puts on your life. You've got to switch positions and change how you affect and how you interact. And so, yeah, as he, so exactly. So I was like, when I when I heard you say that, I was like, my, my brother, goodness. my when, brother. When, when, wait, wait. When, no, when we got saved. See, our position changed. Something changed mm. dramatically. Our old friends couldn't handle us anymore. I had friends at the University of Houston that walked away from me because they said, what is going on? This dude is a fanatic. But they didn't know that the Jesus that came on the inside completely changed my life. They don't know about the rejection that I suffered as a child and all kinds of stuff that I suffered as a result of that. And Jesus came in and completely changed my life to where I couldn't facilitate certain people anymore. I couldn't facilitate certain ideas anymore. I couldn't facilitate 
uh, uh, old ways of doing things because they weren't enough because Jesus was new wine and he was coming in and bursting that old vessel. And that's what happens is happening with, with Peter right here. He's coming in with the new wine. He's saying your old wineskin isn't going to cut it. Go get another boat. But still, that's not going to be enough because I've called you to something greater. You think it's about doing a profession. I've called you to be a fisher of men. Peter, while you were fishing, I was fishing you. That's the difference. You're not going to be able to contain what I've put on the inside of you. And I'm telling you, as I'll finish with this, remember what Peter did later. Peter, who was just a fisherman, was walking down the street and they used to line the streets with beds so that just his shadow, not even his hand, could touch them and bring healing to them. That's what God had in store. Do you think his old fisher buddies could have handled that type of ministry? Of course they couldn't. He had to get out of the boat and go into a new position. So go ahead. My, I know brother, my brother, my brother, let's let's look at the terminologies. But Simon answered him and answered and said to him, Master, notice the difference between verse five's master and verse eight. Lord, right. Master right. was almost Peter saying, I'm willing to take orders from you. I've recognized you as a teacher, as a master, as a, as someone that is uh, uh, worthy to listen to, right? Then we get into, uh, he says, Matthew, we, master, we have taught all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, maybe Peter saw, maybe, maybe Jesus's teachings did some miracles in the multitude. We don't have intel. Maybe while Peter was washing nets, you know how when someone may be busy doing something, they look up and they still, they still hear and they still see. Maybe there was something going on for him to say, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down. There was some Trust. Yes, him is call him master. He trusted in his ability, but Lord says, "I'm I'm entrusting my life to you now." Mm -hmm. It says, uh, "And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners. We could talk about partners too, like 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 you got to have some boats close, right? In order it it uh, in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink." When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. You have to understand, it is solely the goodness of God. In Peter's genuineness, he was like, sure, master, you can use my boat. He probably felt uh, special. He probably yeah. felt like, wow, this great orator, this miracle worker, this, this great individual. Sure, use my boat. But what we see here is that God always repays at us uh, uh, being willing to let him use what we have. Mm -hmm. and, the, and, and the time frame, if people get mad because we don't know how long he used his boat. You, you, when someone used your boat that was meant to use to catch fish, time is money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Time is money. So God may be using you think it's a waste of time, but he's saying, if you let me occupy this time now, if you, you if you let me use you in this job that you hate, if you let me use you in this place that you don't like, yes, you may not be making the money that you think you're going to make. Maybe your marriage is not where you think it should have been by now. Maybe your singleness is getting tiresome now and you've been toiling in your singleness for a long time. You've been toiling in your marriage for a long period of time. You've been toiling in your ministry, toiling your business on a period of time. And yep. Jesus is saying, don't worry about the toil. Mm -hmm. Let me use you wherever you are. 
because the harvest one person is one person coming to Christ is greater than anything you may catch outside of me. Let me God is saying to us, let me use you all the time. Many people think God's timing is at a moment where we gather tre treasure. God's timing is is anytime. Being a light, a light says I'm available anytime. Salt says I can preserve at any time. As long as you are willing to say, God, use me however long, even if I'm not making the most money right now, even if I'm not making the most success right now, and I've been toiling and we ain't caught nothing. But what happened when God repaid Peter for his boat? Right. He had to call people. It was breaking his nets. It was breaking his neck to the point he had to signal other people. Hey, yo, yo, fellas, not only am I going to be blessed, I'm going to you, you want to get a percentage of this blessing as well. They came to the point to where do you know how much fish you have to catch for your boats to sink? Jesus, Jesus will always outdo what you've all already done. He will. That's why I trust him. That right there was Simon's response was he didn't just say, thank you, sir. He fell down at Jesus' knees. Yes. Fell down at mercy, grabbed his knees, grabbed him, and said, Depart from me. I, I, I couldn't, I can't even grasp that you were. Do you know Jesus paid so that he could follow debt free? Oh my God. He paid. He said, you know what? You let me use you for five years. I can let I can let you fish without concern. Many Christians are serving God concerned about money. God saying, if you just come to the deep, if you just let me do what I what I can do, I can have you serve me stress free. No. I can have you now. Now, he says, God changed his occupation. He says, man, you was once an entrepreneur, but I'm going to make you an entrepreneur of men. You did all these things. You was a fisherman. But he's saying now I've caught in your industry. You're rich now. Now you are free without concern, without worry to follow me and be fishers of men. Evangelism without burden is great evangelism. When you're able to serve God whatever, knowing that. I listened at the moment he told me to cast my net out to the deep. The goodness of God draws men to repentance. Depart from me for I am a sin. I don't deserve this catch. Then he says, oh, Lord. It's something about when you get to a place of lordship, man. That's another talk for another time. But but go ahead, Jeff. I think you hit, I know you did a little shake yeah, shake. I, 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 did, I wrote down one thing. Yeah. Jesus didn't pay Peter for his ability. He paid him for his availability. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It wasn't about his ability because his ability proved to be nothing. Exactly. He just said, are you available for me to use you at any moment? Right? So, so, so what does that say? Was God looking for ability when he approached Peter? No. He was looking for availability. Yeah. So it's not that God says, oh, I can only use them if they have ability. That's not true. He can only use them if they have availability, which mm. Ezzy and I have touched on before. And I think, man, we forget that sometimes. We think that it's in our ability, our strength, our righteousness, our, our, our way of doing things. You know, it's about us being in control. And Jesus says, throw all of that in the trash. The only thing I care about is that you're available because I'll make you into something that you can never make it yourself into 
by yourself. There's no there 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 are no there are not enough uh, uh, teachings in the entire universe on the planet Earth that could make you into the person that I can make you if you'll just be available to me. And so, you know, like you said uh, about Peter, whenever you said that I've called you to make fishers of men afterwards, when you said that, yeah, he took what Peter had on the inside, what God was training him to do in the natural to be used in the spiritual. And I think sometimes we downgrade the Mm. places where we're at Mm. because we don't realize that it is the stepping stone for where God is trying to take us. You know, we look at our current situation, our jobs or, 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 or our lot in life. And we think, man, how can God be in this? But God is in it. Because he is building you to be the person that he has called you to be. He's putting it on the inside of you so that he can use you for his glory. Meaning, don't, uh, the Bible says not to, um, uh, as he, what is the word? Not to despise small beginnings. <clears throat> You've got to celebrate small wins on the way to the big win. Yeah, You're so consumed with the big picture that you can't even celebrate today. God has done a million things through a million people, but I'm telling you what, it started with the small things. It was the small things built up over time. uh, And and then those people being available that God was able to use them. It was not their big moments or, or their grand abilities. It was the small things added up over time. Because remember, the devil is always offering get rich quick schemes. But the Bible does not talk about that at all. As a matter of fact, that's a scam. He talks about building it up over time. You know, you look at somebody who plays the lottery versus somebody who's wealthy. They are night and day difference. I can tell you that for a fact. The person who's playing the lottery is trying to get rich quick. And, and But they don't know how to manage money. So nine times out of 10, when they get that money, it falls by the wayside and they can't keep it. But the person who has accumulated wealth throughout their entire life and built it up and built it up and built it up, they know how to manage money because they used to not have any, but they also know how to manage it because they've slowly built up and they've learned to appreciate what they have when they had little and they had a lot. And a lot of times we downgrade ourselves and we we look down because we're looking at how society uh, looks at us and says, oh, well, you're a janitor, so that's not good enough. But Jesus was the savior of the entire world and he was washing people's feet. So so you 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 don't you think Jesus could have humbled himself and carried the cross if he hadn't humbled himself and washed people's feet? Think about that. We always look at the cross, and that's the true thing. And we always look at people's grand things, but look at what they did to get where they were. That humility started in the smallest places, in the smallest places built up over Jesus's life to bring him to the grand place. And so I just don't want you to to despise small beginnings, that that you look at yourself and you think, man, I I look at where I'm at. It's not good enough. Yes, it is. As long as you're being used by God, it's good enough because he's building it up on the inside of you and don't despise that day. Yeah, never despise the day of small beginnings. It's the small beginnings that make beginnings, make big, big endings, right? And I think sometimes we forget, man, um, um, and you're looking at Jesus' life, Jeff. Why do you think in God's sovereignty he picked a carpenter? Right. His purpose was on the wood. 
The his purpose wasn't in the Galilee fields. It wasn't in the lily fields. It wasn't by the water. It wasn't his purpose was on the wood. And what I'm saying is that God is utilizing every stage of your life to to bring together to make a picture that lets you know that what all the parts of your life is leading you towards that moment of ministry, that moment of 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 opportunity to impact others. And one thing I love about this, bro, is that toiling makes us tired. Mm-hmm. I read this text again while you was talking, man. And yeah. it says that, that he toiled all night, right? right. He mm-hmm. toiled all night. From what I did research previously, the best fishing is at night. That's correct. So God will put you in a place where it, it, all, it, it probably boggled Peter's mind. How in the world am I going to catch fish daytime i don't clean my nets we're about to pack mm-hmm. our nets up and go right you have to understand no matter if it's day or night no matter if it's possible impossible at his word you know what's you know what i noticed jeff mm. now I, I now understand from reading luke simon had history with jesus right chapter five is after jesus healed his mother remember his mother had a fever yep. so he knew the power of jesus but for a fisherman, all he knew was a reference point of he's a healer, but he's not a fisherman. Right. But Jesus oftentimes would do something before the toil that lets you know that I can trust him. Mm-hmm. I saw something in my past because how people don't act at his word until they have already seen his word work for them. Mm-hmm. So what we or, ask for so, sorry, I was going to say, or they think that he only works in church, but he can't work on my job. That's what, oh my gosh. The, this didn't happen in the church, Jeff. Mm. No. He brought the people to Peter's boat. Right. We know Jesus think, thought four, 15 billion moves ahead of everything. He was God. Yeah. So what yeah. we realized was we think miracles only happen behind pulpits, but anywhere you are with Christ speaking through you is a pulpit. Exactly. And so what we have to understand is that are we willing to allow God to occupy our boats anywhere? Because anywhere. I promise you, as a light, God is drawing people to you as we speak. Um, and, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead, no, bro. go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, we have to realize we think that God will draw them at the moment of a spectacular moment. He brought the people to Peter's boat when Peter was done with his toiling. Right. Go ahead, my brother. Now I was just going to say, if you, if you only bring Jesus when it's convenient for you, mm. yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, if you're willing, if you're not willing to tell be, G, people about Jesus at your place of, of business, you definitely won't do it in the church. You're not going to go out in the streets and tell people, you know, as I've shared with you many times, and I know you shared with me, we've shared the gospel wherever we've been. Um, I've, we, we, God is, has, has used, me in my place of business so many times. Uh, uh, and I'm so, I, I'm so thankful for it because I know that my pastor will never, ever, ever, ever be able to go into the rooms that I've been in at my business and, mm-hmm. and bring deliverance and healing to those people because yeah. they don't, they'll never come to a church because they don't even live anywhere near there because where I work, you know, people live all the way around. So there's yeah. places where no pastor can ever go. And I, I fear that sometimes we're fishing in our own bathtubs and wow. we think that we're going to be successful, but eventually you're going to run out. 
And you've got to go out into the lakes and out into the oceans and begin to fish and bring them in. And that's what Jesus was doing. He's going out and bringing them in. He's not in a synagogue. He's out in the lake. He's fishing. The, the Pharisees and Sadducees are back fishing in their, in their, in their, in their bathtubs and not doing anything because they have their click going on. But Jesus is out trying to get the multitudes because he, he realizes that the fish are out there. And, and it's so, it's so amazing because he goes to a fisherman to catch men. You know, and it's like, it's just, it, it is amazing what he can do. Uh, with the natural things that we're engaged in and how we can use us for that. So I would say don't don't discredit your ability to preach and to tell people the truth and to be, like as he and I said at the beginning, acts of service. You can do that without ever saying the word Jesus. Yeah. Right? You don't have to. Do you have to say the word Jesus to be to be kind to somebody or to do something? If you're if you're afraid, I'm not saying you should be afraid. But what I'm saying is, if that's the stepping stone you need, start with acts of service. Then maybe they'll open up to you. And you can begin to share Jesus with them if you don't feel as comfortable in the beginning. But I mean, I just I love this story because I like how he uses. And by the way, as I'll tell them, uh, we're going to do a Q and A after this for a little bit. So if y'all want to start writing your questions, yeah, in the comments yeah, section, for sure. Or try to get to some of them. But yeah, Ezzy, what do you think, man? Man, when God does something for you, your partners want to know. It says, verse 9, for he and who and all who were with him were astonished right. at the catch of fish. People are going to be astonished at how you, somebody they watched toiled all night, someone that they watched bring their boats in at daytime with no catch. Do you know that's embarrassing? Right. All the, Jesus brought all these multitude people to see you caught nothing? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's gotta be embarrassing. You over there, you caught nothing. These people know you the fishermen, they get fish from you. And they're right. like, man, do I'm pretty sure there were some people in that multitude that was talking like, dang, Peter didn't catch nothing today, y'all. There's probably some haters who had other fishing business that was like, man, Peter didn't catch nothing. Hey, wow. Ezra, let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I want to get your opinion. Yeah. Do you think that maybe he didn't catch any fish because there wouldn't have been room for Jesus? Uh, bro, wow! <laughs> Jesus said, right? "Listen, I'm not, because because Jesus Jesus is like man. I, if you would have caught fish, there would have been no opportunity for ministry because Jesus did a dual ministry. And oftentimes, you see Christ do this in the Gospels, where what was meant for one, see, sometimes he he spoke to the multitude, but the ministry happened with Peter as well. Mm -hmm. So sometimes God is saying, you know what?" I'm going to I'm going to reach I'm going to do a, uh, I'm going to reach both parties at one time. I'm going to make it broad and I'll make it specific. Oftentimes he spoke to the crowd, but made it plain to the disciples. Right. And so one thing I like about this, man, that's powerful, man. Jesus knows, hey, man, I don't got time to step on fish. Right. You know, I don't I don't want to ruin because if I step on fish, maybe I ruin that because hey. Jesus was a good steward. He's like, oh, that's this. Fish. I ain't gonna step on this man's fish, man. It might not make no money for my boy. I was thinking about how it, it was a setback for us, but it was a setup. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like how it, it was a setback for Peter, but it was a setup for Jesus to be able to come in and have room to do ministry. And so that's, that he can learn. And that's Bless. why we're going to reiterate, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Don't, don't despise the days of, of no beginnings. You know, don't despise the days where of emptiness because God mm -hmm. may need an empty boat to show you I'm your source. Peter probably wouldn't have paid attention if he had fish. 
He probably exactly. would have been focused on the fish, scrubbing the fish. He probably wouldn't I was paid no attention. To, I was literally about to write that down. See, exactly. Wow. He probably was, yeah. but, 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 but yeah. because the boat was empty, he was all ears. Oh, yes. man. Because, because when that, you're desperate, <clears throat> when you're desperate, there's deliverance. Oh, when you're desperate, there is deliverance. See, some of y'all don't believe in miracles because you're not desperate, desperate enough. enough. Because you've got enough fish in your boat. But if you go out and toil all night and mm. all of a sudden you don't have something, eventually you're going to say, wait a minute, something's missing. I I'm going to start believing for miracles, even if it doesn't make sense. I got to start depending on someone else. Mm. I, I And the thing about it, he was so desperate, he trusted a carpenter. It wasn't like the uh, it was a, a fisherman himself. He had to right. trust somebody that was outside of his field. But when we understand that Christ is, is it, he, he created all fields, all mm -hmm. occupancies that's, that, is, that are holy. You see what I'm saying? That we can trust him, right? And that's mm -hmm. what's beautiful about life is that the greatest blessings happens when there's the most, when there's barrenness, when there's nothing. Because that, because when if, if he would have caught all the fish, I'm telling you, Jeff, that's so profound. He wouldn't have paid attention yeah. because he would have paid attention on his catch. Yes. But when someone catch something for you, Peter's expertise was not involved. Only expertise yeah. that was involved with the fishing process was the casting of the net and the pulling in the net. But he couldn't take no glory. Jesus will always do stuff through your life where he knows you can't get glory from it. Right. It says, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken, <coughs> not made, taken. Right. He didn't, they, they didn't make the catch because it was daytime. Fish going to come but out look, at but, nighttime but, because they skipped. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. But I was going to say, look at verse 11. He says, so when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Why? The, the harvest was so great. Wow. Imagine going from toil to uh, overnight oh, and almost overnight success. And man, and I think we, most people who don't do what Peter did in verse eight, won't do what Peter and them did in verse 11. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't, we don't recognize the depths of his goodness. That's so good, man. When we know how good he is, I am a sinful man. Oh Lord. It's Not like master. I, Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. No, sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt it. Like when you said that, I just want to make sure people hear that. You said, if you don't do what's in verse eight, you won't do in verse 11. And I can tell you for a fact, I know people who have been blessed by God. And instead of running to him, they went to their riches and went the exact opposite way because they didn't do verse eight. Go ahead. I just I want to emphasize. I, that and I'm yeah. telling you, I'm, I promise you. Jesus didn't leave that fish at the boat. Maybe he fed the people with that fish. He forsook all. It's, it, maybe God was like, feed the multitude with this fish. Take care of your family, Peter. Take care of your mom. I just healed with the, you see what I'm saying? Like there's supposed to be freedom in our ministry where God in this initial point will say, I'm going to take care of you and your family so that you can follow me. Three years, bro. Three years following a man. Right. They they wasn't they wasn't hungry. No. <laughs> they ate. Yep. But when we allow the catch that God used in our lives to the point to where we still follow him, you know you're you know you've been converted.
You know you've been converted and you desire Jesus when you're able to see a great moment of your life. That was a defining moment for Peter. He probably went from being a thousandaire to a millionaire from just that catch alone, right? So from there, he was able to say, you know what? It was deeper than the fish because something Jesus said on his, something that you said in his boat probably cultivated his heart enough for the gospel to be received by him. So not only was Jesus teaching, but maybe, maybe he will, you know, how someone could be teaching and that side comment was just for you. Yeah. When Jesus <laughs> came back to the same Peter and was it Peter? Yeah. Came back to the same Peter and said, um, Peter, you love me. Mm-hmm. He said it three times. Why? To annul everything that Peter did. So I'm pretty sure in that boat, Jesus said something just for Peter to hear. Jesus probably used his mother as an analogy when he was teaching a multitude. He probably said, I might go ahead, Jeff, go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to say, it's like, it's like Peter was catching fish, but Jesus was catching Peter. He was catching him. And that's why I'm telling you all your greatest catches after you have been caught. When you allow Jesus to catch you and show you that I can keep you, I will sustain you. My grace is sufficient for you in this tough season of barrenness. Man, this is a profound. It's like, man, until we say, God, I am a sinner. I d- depart from me. I'm not worthy of this catch. Man, bro. And that's why I want to encourage you all who's listening as y'all type y'all's questions, as y'all engage us for a little bit. Have you allowed God to catch you? Because you won't forsake any catch until you know you've been caught. Because once you know you have been caught, once you know you have been caught, you now can catch fishers. Now you can be a fisher of men. And that's what are you doing with your boats? What are you doing at night? Are you toiling at night restless? Or are you waiting for the promised day? The day that he says, and this is the day that I have made. Rejoice and be glad in it. It's just something we got to think about, bro, is that, you know, what are we doing with our businesses? What are we doing with our families? What are we doing with our boats, man? And who are the partners that we have in our lives? Because what if those boats was jealous? It would have been a wasted fish. Right. Man, that's a powerful also, word. I'm glad. Also think about, I think that, that Peter probably, and we'd have to look this up, but I bet you Peter accumulated more in his obedience to God's word in this mm. moment than he had at any other time in his business throughout throughout his time uh, in business. Meaning mm-hmm. I don't think he ever saw a catch like this because the people were astonished at what he had, at how much he had caught and also yeah. of course the time. Um, but you know, oh, as yeah. when did he catch the fish? During the day when everybody could see, like you Where said. Everybody could see the miracle. They, they, exactly, so that they could not deny that Jesus was the one that was doing it. And that's what happened, but I'm just like, you know, when he he brings them to that place. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Jesus greatest. Jesus will always do big when he knows you'll let him get the glory. Yeah, exactly. When we get to a place, that's why Jesus waited to Jesus knew I, I'm, I'm, I'm recruiting my team. Right. And the, be, the best way I can get Peter to catch men, if I can show him that I am the catcher. Yes. And when Peter realized that he was at his brink, it's crazy when you at your brink in one moment, you have nothing, but in the next moment you have everything, but it happens. These moments happen when we, 
when we let him get the glory, man. When you grind for God's glory, you won't be able to gather all from, from what you've grinded for because you, you will simply say, I will forsake this because I solely want God to be glorified. And that's my challenge for you all. How much glory do you want God to get from your grind? How much glory do you want to get? Because Peter was right. I toiled all night, man. Nevertheless, at your work, because I saw what you did for my moms, man. Appreciate you. You healed my moms. So I already know you, you, you're you a powerful man, but you're not, you're not a fisherman, but he was probably a little shaky. Like, all right, you, you're a carpenter, man. But at your word, that's profound. Are you, are you poised enough and prepared enough to go at his word? That's God's timing. God's timing is I act at his word. Like, like before his word, he caught nothing. At his word, he caught everything. Exactly. Yeah. So that's all I have in the tank for that, bro. Because if you stir me up, man, we'll go another hour, bro. <laughs> that's right. No, I love this scripture. I think it's so powerful. And um, I think there's a lot of rich uh, nuggets inside of there. And we just need to be mindful of that, that Jesus can do more when we give it to him than we could ever do ourselves. And uh, and nine times out of 10, your your biggest battle is trying to do it yourself. That's and we, we all get it. So, but yeah, so if you all have questions, we wanna do a mini Q and A session before we get to our food section. Because yep, yep, today yep. we're gonna do some good stuff. But um, if you all have some questions that you wanna ask us, it can be related to anything or it can be related to the topic uh, from the, uh, love language or from the topic we just discussed in Luke chapter five or uh, anything. Cause we have a little bit of time um, as if you do on free and um, yeah, you all can ask some questions. So, so yeah, we'll give y'all some time to type your questions up. Um, but yeah, man, the word of God is rich. Y'all take your time. Don't don't what I don't like about devotions, Jeff, is that yeah. we have been programmed to just do them, to do them. Yes. Versus diving into them. Yes. Man, and I think that's what I love about this podcast. We give them the we are we're giving them the opportunity to see how we look at scripture, yeah, and how how much one can pull from scripture. Yeah. And we're telling you right now, we didn't do this verse. Do we 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 ain't even scratched the surface of this. We we ain't even got into uh, uh um all the components of it because we don't have enough time this tonight to really break it down. But but I hope that through this, you're able to see the. Uh, how deep the word of God is and how rich it is and how it is applicable to our everyday lives. So drive the speed limit when you read. Let the Holy Spirit read it to you. This is National Read a Book Day, I think, aren't they said in school? It's National Read a Book Day. So let God read to you every day so that you can see, okay, God, show me something in this. Show me you in this. Show me what I can apply from this. So I pray, man, during this podcast and, and all the videos, if you're watching for the very first time, check out the other videos and, and, and let it and let it motivate and inspire you to go into the deep. Yep. Don't just man, don't just don't just have your boat because, man, you can't catch nothing at the port. You can't. You got to go out into the deep. Shallow Christianity is very attractive because you just put your feet in the water. You chilling, you know, you know. But when you go out into the deep, nobody can really see nothing. You out there, just like Jeff said early on, you out there depending on God. And, and, and so the deep things, um, the deep cried out, the, the deep called out to the deep, man. The Holy Spirit says he searches the deep things of God. So I gave you all enough time <laughs> to get your questions typed out, but I see no questions. Let me check my phone because there might be a delay on the stream yard. 
Let me check my phone yeah. to make sure there's no questions. Okay. If not, we can yeah. we can go right into. Let me yeah. check my phone if, real quick. If we do that, we can pray and then we'll go into. Yes, um, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Right, yeah, so no, man. yeah. Yeah. You're looking. No, go ahead and look. Yeah, notice there's, there's no questions on um, YouTube. Some people pause the live feed and go do something. They come back, so yep. maybe they have it. They haven't. They're they're behind us, maybe five or four minutes, and they haven't gotten to us. So maybe if there is time after our food segment, we may answer a couple of questions, just because some of you guys may be catching up to where we are at this point of the live. Yeah. Well, then let's just do uh, some prayer and. Uh... Yeah, let's. I'll let you pray, brother. All right, cool. So, yeah, so uh, like Ezzy and I have shared many times, he and I both, we believe in healing. We believe in deliverance. Yes. We believe in miracles. And the reason why we believe those things is because they're in here and they have not changed. Yeah. Um, I see somebody has a question. Let's seal this portion in prayer, bro. Yeah, let's pray and then we can come back to that. Okay. So Yeah. All right. Father, we just thank you so much, Lord God, for your healing power. We thank you, Lord God, for everybody listening right now under the sound of our voices. Father, that you would touch their lives, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for their finances, that you put them back in order. Help them, oh God, and promote them, Father, and uh, as they're faithful and diligent in their in their their profession. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for healing. In the mighty name of Jesus, uh, uh, I see like a thigh. I pray for healing mm. in, the, in the thigh. I think I see a, a thigh or something like that, um, uh, a leg. I think it's a woman, actually. Um, and I pray for the, that thigh to be healed now in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Lord God, for touching your people, Father. Thank you, Lord God, that everybody that listens to this podcast, Lord God, that you will supernaturally come through for them. And that, Father, they, they will experience your healing power even right now, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for touching them. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a faithful God. We love you, Lord. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And by faith, we declare that all those things are made whole right now in Jesus' mighty name. Anybody with stomach issues, Lord God, we pray for them now in the mighty name of Jesus. Anyone that's experiencing ulcers or stomach issues or something to do with that, Father, we lift them up to you now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And also, I want to add to that, my brother. I pray for everyone right now that's dealing with emotional wounds. Emotional wounds dropped heavy in my spirit. All yes, those Lord. who's watching right now who have been wounded by abuse, who have been wounded by rejection, who have been wounded by abandonment, who have been wounded by neglect. Jesus, I thank you that your peace will surpass all that understanding that will keep their heart in mind. I thank you, Father God, for giving them the strength, letting you know that you are their supply. You are their source. We thank you right now that forgiveness is bubbling in their lips now, that they can forgive that person that hurt them so they can go forward. So I cover um, this moment right now, sealing it with your anointing, uh, um, allowing this moment to be used beyond this moment for people's healing in the future, emotionally yes. and physically. Lord, we thank you for it. Jesus, I'm going to pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Jamelia. Jamelia. Um, I feel ugly. What should I do? I feel ugly. What should I do? Great question. Um, hey, hey, I, I, I just got a text from somebody. They said that their yeah. son messed up their thigh to their ankle this week, and then the sister has stomach issues. Wow, <laughs> God, listen, it don't take long. Then it don't take long. Wow. Yeah, so the, please message us. Go yeah. ahead. No, go finish, and then I'll tell you. 
Yeah, I touch and agree that my ulcer will be healed in Jesus' name. Yep, yep. So, so yeah. So what we're saying is, and I forgot what I was saying. That was just that was just a test. No, no, I you said. No, no, you said you said uh, write down or get sending your stuff and tell us what is happening. Oh yes, comment um, below if this video because God is such is such a genius that he'll he'll utilize that moment in that video that was sealed by his anointing to heal yeah. people going forward. So if you watching this video later and you have thigh problems or emotional wounds or stomach yeah. issues, receive that in that moment. Rewind it, go back. Touch and agree with us, and we believe that this video will be used beyond this moment. Sometimes people are like, well, that was in two, that was in 2021. That, but if it's right. 2025, you're watching right now. Exactly. If two touch and agree, touch with us, agree with us in that video, and we believe God can heal you there. Oh, yeah, Life so Olola says, I am healed of stomach pain in Jesus' name. Amen. See, th this person said that that the the one person their thigh. Uh, they shredded it, um, and and I I and here's the thing: the person. So it's funny because I thought it was a woman because I didn't see any hair on the legs. But it's a kid and it's a boy, and a boy doesn't there have you, you know hair on his thigh, right? So, yeah. And then they said uh, the the sister has had stomach issues all night. And remember, I said um, um, I. Said I saw thigh, and then afterwards I saw stomach issues. You see, y'all in real lifetime, Jesus is so good. That, that's just amazing to me. Wow, praise God! Wow, um, man, there's no way in the world we could know these things, only Jesus knows. So, yeah, let's go through it. I feel like people are starting to uh say stuff, so maybe we okay. can answer Jamila and then go through these questions, then we'll get to the food section. But, man, praise God! Uh, man, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Mm. So let's Thank get into Jamelia. Jamelia, let me tell you this. Let me encourage because you also said recently went natural and I hate my hair. Okay. So um, all of us are ugly to someone. I only have to be handsome to one. That's right. You only have to be attractive to one. Culture has created a way where we are immersed in comparison. You heard the phrase comparison is a thief of joy. When you realize that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, let me tell you my story. I used to hate my forehead, Jamelia. You probably heard it in other videos, but that can't change my forehead. Do you know how many people go through crazy surgeries to change what God gave them? Because they want to be accepted in a moment of a trend. It was just trendy. And now you done um, made a permanent decision off a trend so that you can look good for a trend trans look at the last word of the word trend e n d trends end right so feel ugly i can understand because you know if you cut your hair and you thought that there was going to be whatever and i can i can only imagine i know i don't always feel my best when i don't have a the haircut so i understand the emotions but when you go deep into the depths of the word ugly it's one thing you're like i just don't like my haircut that's different than i feel ugly you can't allow because oftentimes the enemy will utilize any open door you create any open window you create and when you start entertaining thoughts that i feel ugly then he's going to bombard your mind uh that will, that will cause you to justify that statement and then you will make a false statement true which was never meant to be true. So what should you do? You got your hair short. Realize, hey, I don't, I don't have to worry about what other people think about how I look with this hair. Go natural. Do you. 
You know what I'm saying? And enjoy this season, but do not allow this moment of change to cause you to be cemented into an ideology that keeps you from thriving and blossoming. So what should you do? Write down all the things that you know that God fearfully and made through you by in you. Remind yourself of the goodness of God. Remind yourself of the create creativity of God and how he made you unique, how he made you, right? So, man, don't don't get so caught up on on um because if you open that door longer, the devil's gonna bombard your mind and he'll use things that not even happen. One guy looked at you, looked away, you thinking he think you ugly. Then you'll start uh, um entertaining ghosts. What they say about why uh, uh quarterbacks when a quarterback gets hit. He gets nervous in the pocket because he's thinking he might get hit again. He won't follow through on his past. So you won't be able to follow through on your purpose if you're if you think you're gonna get hit by a ghost. Yes, you may have been hit in this moment. You may feel that way, but you gotta stay in that pocket and throw that pass so you can make your touchdowns in life. You know, that might not make sense to you because you might not be a football person, but but I hope it, it makes some sense. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, you gotta be like Ben Roethlisberger. He ain't afraid of nothing. So anyway, yeah, he Pittsburgh man. That's a Pittsburgh man. <laughs> I was supposed to. No, I was gonna say if if it's yeah, because as you pointed out, you said I feel ugly. What should I do? And then you said you change your hair. If you need to change your hair back to a different way that you don't like to make yourself feel pretty, that's fine too. That's a practical uh, way uh, of doing that too. But I but if it's deeper than just the hair. Yeah. Then th that's what I think Ezzy was getting at. Don't get into the emotional side and all that kind of stuff. You need to see yourself the way God sees you. If it's just the hair, then change it to whatever way you want to make yourself yeah. feel pretty. That's and then fine. get over it. And then get over it. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's so I say that I say that as nicely and gently as possible. I'm not talking about get over it. Like, no, just go forward and say, hey, if I don't like the hair, let me change it. But I, I kind of feel that it might be a little bit deeper than that. But come on, man, dude, I'm not talking about you like that, but we as a culture cannot allow, we as Christians should not allow cultural uh, uh, streams of compromise to cause us to look at our sister and brother to our left or our right and feel yes. like we're not cute enough, handsome enough because of whatever yeah. trends are now. Listen, yeah. you are beautiful. God made you beautiful, no matter what shape, no matter what size, no matter where you may mm -hmm. uh, want to keep uh, hidden, God made that. And, but the thing is, there's two things. There's two things. One thing you cannot change and things you can change. If you don't like your hair, change it up. Get a wig. Yeah. No, exactly. get a wig. But if you, but, but you got to look at your heart. There, there, let me shut up. <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet. I was going to say, I was going to say, I know a good, uh, then, anyway, in Atlanta, there's a place. I'm not going to say how I know these things, but anyway. And Jamelia, uh, you said, thank you both. I'm single and don't want to, you're not going to lose nothing that God has for you. No. I'm telling you, do not allow singleness, do not allow thoughts of loneliness to make you think you're going to lose. You will not lose out if you're in him. I'm telling exactly. you, you will never lose out if you're in him. Do you know how long it takes to build a man of God, my friend? Do you know how long it takes to build a woman of God? People just be, people just be marrying folks that ain't yeah. mature enough and ready for marriage. The man that God has for you is going to love all of you. So you got to make sure that you wait on God because the man God has for you is not going to be like, like, imagine if I only was in love with my wife when her hair was a certain way. What kind of man? Is, what, what, what kind of man is that? Mm -hmm. So a man that loves you, who got the love of God in him, love of God abiding in him, he'll love you bald headed or your hair all the way to the to the to the uh, uh, balls of your feet. He'll love no matter what. So yeah, you're not going to don't. So that's why I knew it was deeper. I knew it was deeper. You listen, when you in God, you will never lose out. 
So don't worry. Don't don't do you. You don't have to feel pressure to look a certain kind of way. Just do you. Do God. You know what I'm saying? And follow him. And the man God has for you will be there for you, waiting on you at the altar. Meet me at the altar in your white dress. We ain't getting no younger. We might. I'm joking. Let me stop. <laughs> Little was who's who's that? That's a boys to men. Those boys to men. No, that was a who was that? That was not boys to men. I don't know. It wasn't anyway. boys to men. It was jagged edge. There we go. But anyway, Lord forgive me for for bringing bringing the world. Well, you, do, you, do, you, you do like Bojangles, so I'm gonna leave you alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm, uh, we have. I, I'm making that because uh, Chick Fil A is better than Bojangles. All right, go ahead. Oh, they make better. Right, sense, exactly. Of course. I I have emotional wounds. Exactly. Remember, you felt led to pray that. Yeah. So I'm glad that 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 blessed you, y'all. Uh, thank you for encouraging Jamila, Laura. Jamila, please believe me. You are not ugly. You are loved by Christ and are made in his image. There we go. Yeah, um, let's see. Did I miss anything? Yeah. Honestly, Life my bank is happy. Uh, Tiffany Green. Feel- Honestly, my bank is looking like gas prices, but I'm process, but I'm processing purpose looking for work. But if it were it, at it, um, his will be needed finance. Will it be wrong to go get a job? Listen. Oh, Tiffany. Um, Listen, when you got what something, you're looking for so basically what? what she's saying is that uh my bank is looking like oh so her bank account's looking like gas price, like two dollars and something. Oh. But um but I, I was but about to say she, gas prices are skyrocketing, so I didn't know that's why I was okay. And then <laughs> let me show that prior. But if we're in his will, it isn't will beneath please read uh, if you could do us a favor, retype your question, Tiffany, so we can better understand so we can better serve you. Yeah, um, like, oh, but yeah. if you're pursuing purpose and you're not making like listen, like I work, but I also do what God wants yeah. me to do on the side. God, exactly. Until 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 you have your boat filled to the point where it's sinking, then you can follow him in ministry. <laughs> what I'm saying is until your until what you until your purpose pays you like a regular nine to five would, I I, I will go out there and work. I, I'm thinking that's what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, everybody's yeah. saying jagged edge. It was jagged edge. Thank you. Um, I touch and agree that my ulcer will be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. I we agree believe. with you. We agree with you in Jesus' mighty name. Lord God, touch. I think it's Maya. Yeah. Uh, or Maja, uh, but I think Bless it's Maya. Bless. Uh, God, we're just praying you touch that also now in Jesus' mighty name, and also that you would calm her emotions on the inside in Jesus' mighty name. Usually our physical wounds are due to an emotional wound. Yeah. Especially stomach problems, stress, all that kind of stuff. Um, That's good. How long it takes to build a man and a woman of God? How long it takes? It depends. Everyone's story is different. Um, because you never know what their person's past was and how willing they was and how cooperative there was to God's healing process. Like if I injured my ankle playing basketball, if I listened to the doctors, uh, um, um, uh, whatever in two weeks, I'll be healed. But if I start walking on it, start doing dumb stuff on it, then the time frame increases. So our cooperation with God but I don't want you to get pigeonholed that because we can cooperate with God. We may be ready for love. We may be ready for marriage, but it's not God's right timing. Right. So I don't want you looking up to heaven like, God, I'm ready. So readiness doesn't always mean the right time. So I don't want I want to make sure I make that clear. But it takes however long that person is willing to let God make them a person, uh, a person of God. Uh, we can't miss out when we are in God. We can't. Please understand that. We must trust him with all of our heart. That's right. 
All right, so I think that's all the questions. We can get right into. I well, think so. Faith is always going to be my favorite segment, but a close second yeah. <laughs> is food. Oh, so well, you what are we going with our top three breakfast meals? And we didn't say breakfast items. Because yeah, it can be meal. I, yeah, I did. I did meals for mine. I did meals. No man. Uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word of God say? Um, we uh, man should not live by bread alone. Yeah, I can't live off of one breakfast item alone. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> I need I need all of it. Okay, exactly. so we're oh I didn't even write mine down, but I did think of mine. Let me write mine down, Jeff. So all right, you, you write yours down, and I'll I'll start with my number three. Well, my good pen go. Okay, go ahead, brother. All right, so my number three are omelets with hash browns. Ooh. So I love omelets, and what I like to put in in them is a. Uh, Red peppers, onions, mushrooms, really any type of meat, uh, cheese. Hey, I love goat cheese in my uh, oh, I love goat cheese. Okay, oh, I good. Love yeah, cheese. I love goat cheese. It is a blessing from the Lord in my house. They have not realized it yet, but once they do, God is going to uplift them. But my wife, she does not care for goat cheese, and my but she needs a uh, uh, she she just needs some time to uh, to grow in it. But anyway, um. Uh, I love omelets. And remember at ORU, man, we used to get those omelets. They used to make them uh, on Saturday mornings. And and the and the, the chef there, he knew exactly what my favorite was. He used to make I, – I didn't even have to say anything. He would just start making it. But I love that and hash browns. I love any type of – Oh, I love home hash browns. Our hash browns with ketchup on the side, salt, pepper, garlic uh, served with my, ha- with my omelet. So that's my number three, as he is, omelets, any type of omelet with hash browns. That's that's my number three too. So for those, okay, uh, my my number three is any kind of omelet. I love house potatoes with my omelets. Yep. Um, I love. Uh, I think house potatoes is. Now don't get me wrong. Pancakes is good. Pancakes is good with any breakfast meal. Yeah. But with omelets, I love house potatoes or any type of hash brown. House now house is it house potatoes. What's the ones with yeah, the I onions? Can, I call them home fries, but that's home where you fries, like. Yeah. They can be cubed or sliced. I like the cubes and the sliced ones. Yeah, and they're cooked like in the oil. They're kind of like fried, and they have like salt and pepper and all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I love that. And I, like sometimes, I, they'll, sometimes they'll put onions and peppers with them. Oh like, yes, um, I love I yeah. love home fries with the love. peppers, with the onions, um, yes. and all the good seasonings with my omelet. I love that. And and even at uh, uh, IHOP, uh, I kind of get that with that one omelet that has the hash browns in it. But I love omelets and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Omelets and potatoes are a great meal together. So we're so we're tied on that now. Interesting story. I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in college, I went to IHOP and I got a steak omelet, yeah. and I got food poisoning. And it was the year that we had that huge ice storm come in to Tulsa. Yeah. All right, come into Tulsa. <laughs> come into Tulsa. So I couldn't. I couldn't go to the doctor or anything like that. Yeah. And I remember I was puking so much. I had. I had. Uh, not to get graphic, but anyway, I had purple like uh, yeah. dots all over my face because like the blood vessel it had gone. To the, I don't know. I, I don't know what the reason for that was, but I still love omelets. I don't really go to IHOP as often, although I have since. Uh, but I've, I haven't gone as much because I had a bad, a, a very bad experience with I that. Hop, I hop, I hop. Like I will always pick Waffle House. I've okay, never yeah, had. I go Listen, to Waffle House. Bro, exactly. Think about this. Think about this. Mm-hmm. It's always the cute cuddle, the cuttery, the cute like the Waffle House has never gave me food poisoning. Never. Well, I've never gotten food poison. From I've that. never gotten sick from Waffle House. Yeah. 
I don't trust these 98s and 99s. <laughs> I got to know. I need you to be like a, not an 89, but a 91, 92. I've never been sick by Waffle House, man. I've never. Yeah. Waffle House been, has been faithful well, to me. And they must have had a bad batch, to be fair, to IHOP. Because I've never gotten I never gotten sick before that, and I've never and well, I've gone there. Although I didn't go there for I only went there twice in like six years after we graduated college because I didn't want uh, I didn't want to get sick again. So I had like an issue with it. It made me sick. I love Waffle um, House because their their customer service is, is second to none. Yeah, I feel I feel welcome there, even though they may look whatever man and however whatever. But man, but I I feel like I get more food from Waffle House than I do from. IHOP. Now I've now when I've went to IHOP and it was good. Oh, they hooked me mm -hmm. up because I knew. I mean, my me and my wife we used to go to this one IHOP. It was over there by it was by South Boulevard, not South Boulevard, by South Park Mall. It was an IHOP over there by Cotswold, Cotswold, and and we knew the manager. That's <laughs> I, I love when I go to a restaurant. I always go to places where I know the manager. Because the manager yeah. will always say they good peoples, and she'll come sit down. We minister to her one time. I See, love when God. I love when God utilizes me and my wife to minister at restaurants. We always go back where the anointing was. We always revisit where the revival was <laughs> because my place be like ten times head. That was our That was our But I don't. We haven't been there because we ain't done. I haven't done unplugged locally in like three years, so we haven't been there. But I promise you, she knows my face. Did you know that? Well, did you know that IHOP for their omelets they put a um they put their pancake yeah, batter pancakes. into their into their geniuses i know that is that right. is she true. told me that and i was like i thought she did it special for me no she, they do she, it regularly they, but 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 I, i'm not trying how do you have carbs with meat you don't but you do whatever yeah. you go to eye but you know what i'm gonna I'm see if me and my wife can try that i'm gonna see what my, I'm mom, gonna... my mom said cracker barrel breakfast are of course of course of course yeah cracker barrel yeah. is is supreme it's just yeah. it always it's always packed most of the time. Yes, we, I'm gonna start going at nighttime. Let's see who else had. We had uh one lady said, Oh, my wife's see, see my wife. Come on now. I put you on. Josh oh, loves goat cheese in his omelet. I thought it was weird at first. That is hilarious. I did not know that you liked goat cheese in your omelet. I thought I was the love only person on the planet. I love goat cheese. Love in goat my cheese. Omelet. I no I other cheese, it. no other cheese. Okay. Now sharp yes. cheddar for it depends. I could put goat cheese on. Anything yes. a burger. Most of the time it. I will go with sharp cheddar and stuff, but goat cheese in my omelets, I it's a different vibe. It depends yes, it's on what vibe I want with my omelet. Yes. If I want that cheese, Bro, that I, knew, I knew that you and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is why so, this is why God brings us together. It, it depends. Like if I'm feeling if I'm feeling real sporty, if I'm feeling real, mm -hmm. just whatever, I go with the craft cheese. If I'm feeling like you know, yeah. um, just young and, but if I feel grown and sexy, if I feel like, you know, wealthy, if I feel yeah. like, you know, pockets are full, I do the right. goat cheese. Goat cheese just make me feel like I eat my omelets different depending on the cheese. The goat cheese, yeah. I may, I may, I may cross my legs. You know what I'm saying? I might eat a little bougie. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might take my time because it's, you know, goat I, cheese yeah, with some spinach, I, some grilled I chicken or something it. like that. Oh yeah. yeah so we I got like to put some cherry tomatoes in there too. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, the cherry tomato. Man, I, I fell in love with that combination: the cherry tomatoes yeah. with spinach and the, the goat, goat cheese. And the goat, exactly. It's there's nothing like it. Thank you. The academic right. convenience store says spinach, onions, and green onions are also good in omelets. Yeah, I love my yeah. omelets with with some onions in there. You know, yeah. I, I cooked, of course. I like them. You know, cooked thoroughly. But yeah, yeah. that that's a good combination too. 
Uh, she also says home pota- home potatoes. I'm trying to tell you. I yeah. love home potatoes. Uh, your mom says, I remember that. Oh, your mom must have. Oh, well, you got food sick. I love oh. Cheesecake Factory's pancakes. They have Cheesecake Factory's pancakes? I told you to go to Cheesecake Factory. You need to go. I, mean, I didn't get a chance. My wife put me in a, a, a quarantine. Oh, okay. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I love Cheesecake Factory pancakes with their giant slab of butter and syrup. No, no explanation needed. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I like their eggs with fe- feta cheese is good, too. I do like feta cheese. And yeah. any bacon, as long as it's crispy. Yeah, my bacon yeah. must be. Now, I don't mind a fatty, wobbly so bacon. I like fat, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. All right. So uh, the humble one says, hey, coach. Hey, girl, how you doing? I don't like flimsy. You don't like flimsy bacon? I love. I, it just depends on what yeah, mood I like I'm in. Bacon. I like flimsy bacon. I don't care for the crispy. Brittany, I thought I was weird because I like goat cheese on eggs, too. Listen, hey, yeah. it ain't nothing weird, not weird with goat. Nope. All right. So my, my number three was omelet house potatoes with all the fixings. Any kind of omelet. And I love any kind of omelet. Yeah, so what's sure. your number two, Jeff? So that so we're tied on that one. My number two, bro. Don't don't laugh at me. Okay. But I'm telling you, I love this. This might even almost be my number one, but it's a number two or a one B. Uh-huh. Crepes with Nutella. Bro, I don't even know what that is. Crepes is that little flat pancake, thin pancake. Listen, bro, you from Pittsburgh. Exactly. I don't I don't think nobody beyond be below the Mason Dixon line does crepes and Nutella. First off, Nutella. Bro. Bro, I sound like, love sound like a mistress. <laughs> Nutella. Well, my wife always tells me if I ever cheated on her, it would be with a brownie because I love yeah. food. And that, She's like, I don't, I don't even have to worry about you with that. But with yeah, food, my wife knows I'll sneak And I was like, there's no lie there. <laughs> so, there's only one thing I'll sneak out of my bed for. I'll leave my bed for, and that's food. Exactly. And that's why that's what's good about that. That's why yep. you gotta love food, man. It keeps you. Exactly. It, it it keeps you. You don't need nothing else. Jesus is the one. You know. You know we just talking. Yeah, exactly. you know. But food, yep. man. My wife be so, coming downstairs and she be like, "Hmm, you been, <laughs> you been down here with 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 Felicia, huh?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been. Yeah, man. My bad, babe. I want you and before you say your number two, I want you to bring up crepes with Nutella. I want you. Yeah, to bring yeah. Up okay, I look. Okay, I got you. I got you. Let me let me get, let me find that for you. Because I, I want because you said you didn't really know what it was. So C R E P E S with Nutella. Okay. And I got introduced to this when I started going on cruises. Uh, my mother father in law took my wife and I on a cruise one time, and they had unlimited all you can eat. And I about mm. all right. Is scroll this, down. Am I in the right place? You are in the right place. Like, so you like these. That look, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know what Nutella tastes like because I, I never had Nutella, but this looks look at this that, all, that, right there. all those rolled up ones. Yes, look at that. That does look appetizing, bro. I don't oh, know about Nutella. Hey, man, they smart. If you make it like that, maybe I can. What is crepes? Crepes is eggs and what? Or is no, it, it's, it's just, not eggs. It, it's, it's pancakes, but it's so thin that you can roll them or flip them or put stuff in between and and oh. uh, and do it. So it's pancake batter, but it's spread so thin okay. that you can stuff it with different things and then fold it over and then add whatever you want. It doesn't just have to be Nutella. It can be anything. See how thin it is? But it's pancake batter. Okay, I could do that. I could do that. Yeah. I just never tried this before, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I never had a crepe. Yeah. I'm sure Brittany has. Go ask her. She'll take you to get She some. probably, let me see if she's in the comments. 
She yeah, she probably has had. I think she had did get crepes with me uh, the first few times we was dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You was trying to take all my money in the beginning. Trying to steal. The reason I said that is because she and Joanne have a certain bouginess about themselves. Their sisters. Figured, yeah, yeah, exactly. I figured she would. <laughs> Ladies be organ. Uh, women be ordering stuff off the menus that has the fanciest the fanciest words. Ooh, no, do you know what, do you, no, forget about that. You know what Joanne does? I'm gonna tell on my wife. What she do? Every time we go to a restaurant, she doesn't even have to see the price. If she orders something, it's the highest thing on the menu. Wow. Without ever even seeing it. It's just natural on the inside of her because she's she just I think she, they, she they lives do above gravitate that. to that, man. She said, Yeah, crepes are good. Make sure you see, edit I, that part so we don't get in trouble. Creeps? Uh, you talking about creeps? Crepes. Crepes. She said, Yeah, crepes are good. Yeah. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying edit out the part I said. Oh, sorry, bro. We're we're live. Yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'll see what I can do, brother. No, I'm playing. My number two. Go ahead. Your number two. A grit, grits, a grit bowl. A bowl of grits. Okay, so, um, cheese or butter and sugar, or how do you do it? Salt, uh, pepper and cheese, and butter. No sugar. So, so I'm yeah, I'm more of the cheese. Oh yeah, okay. I thought you about to say something blasphemous, Jeff. No, 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 no. I like the cheese. Now I like smoked gouda grits. See, Jeff, I never had the gouda. I'm telling you, it's it's gouda. <laughs> just that was. I saw what you did there. It was. It's, I see you, girl, <laughs> a little rapper, bro. Jeffy, uh, uh, Jeffy Jeff. That's your uh, rap name, uh, Jeffy Jeff. Uh, yeah, Jazzy Jeff. So anyway, um. Yeah, I, I like grits. I like Gouda grits with, or or I like grits that are served with uh, shrimp, like more for a dinner meal. Ooh, now, I don't really get them for uh, yes. breakfast. Yes. Now grits, anything in my grits. If there's grits and there's a plate of food over here, I'm mixing everything in my grits. I call it grit bowls. I put yeah. my liver mush in there, the butter. Yeah, liver mush? You never had liver mush? Jeff C. You bro, that's you're, you're from out in the backwoods, bro. Yeah, What's I'm going? in the backwoods. Listen, <laughs> liver mush, that big block of liver mush, bro. Man, it could be sausage. It could be bacon. Where do it you get be, that? Do you make it grocery, or you go? Grocery store. Bro, you never seen liver mush before? You, are you going to make it for me when I come visit you? Yeah, well, uh, well, I think, am I good with the liver mush? Joanne don't do liver mush? Oh, I forgot. Never mind. She liver likes mush. fried chicken livers, but she does not. I never heard of her doing any liver mush. Hold on, bro. Let me show you. I'm gonna show you this goodness from God. Bro. Oh yeah, Brittany said, "Yum, Gouda <clears throat> grits." See, Gouda, see, and I love cream cheese in my grits. That's right. My wife, my wife does. She know about the Gouda. She does. Gouda. I told you. She never had no Gouda. Bro, I'm her Gouda. Ooh, maybe that's what she's talking about. She's talking about me. <laughs> Let me see. We find this liver uh, mush, bro. She never had no Gouda around me, bro. Liver mush. In this little packet. Oh man, that looks like. Mm. Yeah, hey, it, it, whatever it looks, it, it's not about how. I'm it looks, not gonna say anything because I haven't had it, so I will try it before. It'll change that. Butter, cheese, and your grits. Get some liver mush. Liver bro, and mix mush. it with some eggs. Bro, so oh. anything in my grits, I love a good grit bowl. I, what I've learned was you cannot have grits. You cannot have grits and pancakes. That's just too much carbs. Yeah, probably too much. Yeah. But a grit bowl where I just mix things together. By the way, before we get into our number one, mm-hmm. are you a coffee drinker? No, I haven't had a I haven't had coffee a day in my life. 
I love, I did not have any coffee until I turned 30. And I have been drinking it religiously ever since, and I love it. But I only drink black coffee. I do not like anything in my coffee. I just like it black. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So we got some uh, Gouda is the best in potato soup. I got to try Gouda. Oh, I my love wife, Gouda. Look, see, look, see how God go before you and make crooked pass straight? All right. We're, so, we're, one, we're one flesh. Hold on. on. Here's, the, here's the problem, though. If I come over, I really want Brittany's um, pancakes. And you said pancakes and grits don't go together. So maybe one time I'll do pancakes, next time yeah, we'll do grits. We got you. I'd rather we got you. When we come, When we go down there, we'll let you know. When you come up here, we're going to make it happen, brother. All right, good. Come on, All come right. on, come on now. Come on now, Tamara. Exactly. Good is good. Got to have some sugar. Sugar in your grits? See, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad you're a woman. I'm glad you're a woman because this joke only applies to men. If you put sugar in your grits, you got sugar in your tank. But since you're a lady, I'm not going to. I understand. I do not put sugar in my grits, by the Me neither. Uh, grits, grits are yummy. Are, are I think in the New life. England area, they put cream cheese. Cream yeah. cheese. Now, that, I'm a, uh, that sounds. That sound, that. Yes. I want to try it, but I that haven't yet. I love eggs and spicy sauce. Me too. Me too, Laura. I think that would be great. I'm I'm a cook, so I I, I, I love to cook. I think that would be great. It, uh, I've never had that in Pennsylvania, but that seems like. Uh, good pancakes and grits do go together. Okay, see, Brittany. But, but, Izzy, how are you with her? So when right. if I when I come to y'all's house, we're gonna have pancakes and grits with liver mush for breakfast. And then I'm but taking y'all out to Cheesecake Factory at night so I can prove a point. I appreciate you. We'll take that. We'll take that blessing. Right. We'll take that. Good. We'll take that. You saw it in good ground. Pancakes, don't get me wrong, pancakes do go together for grits. But when they come together, I turn into a bowl of grits. I get bigger. Well, we'll just have to use smaller portions. Man, ain't no such thing as smaller portions. That's bread. why you do crepes, because they're real thin and you can eat more. Okay. I'm going to try that Gouda in my grits, that Gouda. That, sound, that, you, that, that, sounds too, that sounds too gangster to be bougie. No, man. Gouda. Listen, here's what you do. Here's I got my, here's Gouda my in my grits. I got hey. Gouda in my grits. Here's my secret, though. Don't get regular Gouda. Get smoked Gouda. Okay. Okay. Smoke right, Gouda cheese. That's what I'm gonna do, man. Cause uh, Gouda, I, I, when I look at Gouda cheese, it's like what's the blue? They got the blue in it, right? Is that blue cheese? No, 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 no. Gouda, look, look up Gouda. No, it's 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 white and yellowish. No, it's not. It doesn't have blue in it. That's disgusting. It's not tart or anything. It's it's like more like cheddar. Smoke. It's like it, it's almost like a smoked cheddar. Look up smoked Gouda. Gouda cheese. Yep. Let me share the screen, bro. And see if you can show it. Yeah, I just don't think I've traveled much, bro, and and enjoy the fine dinings, bro. Yeah, see, good is like, see how that is? It's like a white with a, a yellow rind. Oh, then what's that cheese I'm thinking about that they be having? The, um, I think you're thinking of blue cheese. Maybe that is blue cheese. Yeah, no, I would never put blue cheese in grits. That's disgusting. I, Gouda. I might. I yeah, might, Gouda I might get smoked Gouda. Gouda and put it in there. You'll love it if you like cheddar or anything. Like yeah. that, you'll like. Okay, okay. Right. I might try some green. It's so right, good. Try, but, okay, my number one. one. Yeah, for time's sake. Yeah, number one. Oh, what's your number one, Jeff? <clears throat> all right. Number one, all time. Okay. I'm gonna give you the side that goes with it first. Okay. The side is thick cut bacon. Okay. Okay. Yep. And the main course meal, French toast. Number wife. I'm a pancake yeah. man. And Don't and get I'm me wrong, Mike. French toast is good, 
I love French toast. Ah man, I think I think yeah. as although I, although I, I although I will say this, I didn't put this on the list because I knew most people wouldn't know what it was. But in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, they serve these pancakes that are this thick, and they're made with a cornmeal and flour mixture called Miss. Uh, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, uh, they only serve them in Tennessee. They're this thick, and they are the best pancakes. I have ever had in my life at anywhere at any state uh, of any place, and they. But because I know most people won't know them, gotcha. it's at Journey. It's at Crockett's Breakfast Camp in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Those are the best. But I put French toast as my old time. I love French toast. I love French toast too, especially the thick French toast. That's yeah, tough, thick. man. Like a challah bread or whatever it is. Yeah, but if we if we make French toast like that, I think French toast will trump um, pancakes. Yeah. I had a joke, a political joke, but I'm gonna keep it to myself. But um, but it's something about pancakes with crispy edges, Jeff. My number one breakfast is a plate full of pancakes. Right? Yeah, I love pancakes. Yeah, just basic breakfast: pancakes, sausage, egg, or any type of meat that you want to substitute: sausage, egg, and cheese. Yep. With a side of bowl of grits, was by far probably the best breakfast, the home cooked breakfast. I'm talking about the pancakes. Cast iron skillet, the crispy edges. It has to be done with cast iron skillet. Has to. And then you have the um um the egg, just your basic breakfast. But but French toast and bacon is and eggs. I like I always gotta have eggs. Always oh, good. You see what she just said? Who's that? Tiffany? Oh no. Jeff, try the truth restaurant, strawberry infused French toast in mm -hmm. Chicago, which I feel like had your see that so I they have in Gatlinburg at that same restaurant they have a blueberry infused French now, toast and it is incredible. So I, I really would love I love infused. anything that's infused, you know, I, yes. because it's like it's like wow, I didn't know that was in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if, if a place does not have your toes curl, you should always ask for your money back. I'm joking. But I love when a restaurant <laughs> I was has thinking about I was thinking about Kenny's mom, how at one time she didn't get the, the uh, they didn't bring out the meal the way that she liked it. And she sent it back and like made a big to do. And I was like, oh my goodness, they're going to spit in her food. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. But anyway. You know, that's why yeah. I, that's why I keep going to the same places that treat me the same way. Yeah, that, exactly. Like I'm <laughs> Yeah. So what's y'all's number two? What's y'all's last? What's y'all's favorite pancake meal? And then we'll get off this uh, podcast. Yep. Hope you guys enjoyed it, guys and gals. Hope y'all really enjoyed it. But breakfast is by far my favorite meal, man. What should we do? So y'all let us y'all comment below and let us know what y'all want to hear our top three of. We'll love to. French toast is number one always. Yay, Brittany. You gotta do yep. that. I, I always put cinnamon and I also put in vanilla. Add cinnamon and vanilla to the egg mixture and then dip your French toast. Also, another secret. You ready for this? I'm ready. After you dip it into the egg mixture with the cinnamon and the vanilla and the milk, take it out and dip it on one on each side with a little bit of flour and then pan fry it in butter. Boom. <laughs> I bet you as soon as we get to heaven, bro, God's going to take – I just can't wait, bro. Now, I can wait because I still got purpose. I want to have kids and stuff. Yeah. But, bro, my worship in heaven is going to be through my eating. <laughs> y'all so can dance all y'all want y'all can listen i know god's a good god i'm straight i'm gonna be where the food at i'm gonna be where the food resides one of these times 
with your permission, I'm gonna tell them that story about college at uh, uh, late night. What I do? Oh, we'll, we'll say that for the next podcast. We'll say that for another a lot time. Of things happen at late night. <laughs> late night, hold on. Late night for y'all started thinking crazy. Late night was when the cafeteria opened at nine. It was called late night. Exactly. See my see my wife. You done. Thank you for blessing my house with that, Jeff. Thank you for blessing yeah. my house with the vanilla. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. this weekend. Yep, and dump and dump it in the in the flour, and then you can put it back in the in the egg mixture if you want, and then pan fry, and it makes it it makes it get those crispy edges more than you know you know you can get it like real soft, but if you add a little bit of flour, it that makes it crispy. Good. That sounds good, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. We love y'all, man. We hope y'all enjoy. We love y'all very much. Yeah, and um, y'all be blessed, man. Y'all. Um, y'all let Jesus have your boat today, man, and every day, and Amen. you'll be surprised what you catch after being yep. caught. Any last words, Jeff? No, I just want to bless you all. Uh, we love you very much. We're very uh, appreciative of the fact that God would let us to be able to speak into your lives. Uh, we do want to encourage you to make sure that you're involved in a local church, of course. Yes. Um, but uh, that's why we have it on Tuesdays and not during Wednesdays when normal church services are. But yeah, we love you all very much and we will see you guys next week. And um, like we said, just keep on commenting because we do check the comments afterwards. Yes. If there's anything that you guys want to discuss, uh, we'll take a note of that and just pray and see what God would have us to do. That's it, man. We love y'all, man. Y'all be blessed. We'll see y'all next Tuesday. Peace. Awesome. All right.